Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. I well, am. Listen, man, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hell yeah, dude. Awesome. So yeah, I've been, fo- I, you know, uh, go around and every periodically I search Facebook and YouTube for as many uh, field stores, any discord links that are airsoft related to try to, you know, cause that's what I do. We, it's one of the privileges of all the members of our servers that they come in and they can, you know, if they're California, they can, they got a list of all the California discords that they could locally go to. Right. Um, buy, sell, and trade, all, all the stuff that you typically do on a Discord, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, so, that's, uh, uh, I, well, the funny thing was, you and I kind of chatted a little bit through Discord. Uh, I saw you mm-hmm. join our Discord, and then you you know, messaged me through there and said you had your, invited me to your Discord, which I joined, and that what was, that was like a, what, like a month ago? Um, yeah. A little, yeah, it was a little while ago. And then, um, what's funny is when you signed up, uh, for the podcast through the booking feature on my site, um, which I appreciate you doing, it makes it so much easier for you and me. Uh, and I get a notification right on my phone when somebody does like instantly, uh, and I can, I can look at it, the date, time, whatever, and approve it or not. And, um, and I get to see the, the person's, you know, info that they put in. And that's why I have those um, features in there, uh, you know, those uh, info boxes in there to fill in like what your Discord is, what your Instagram is, so that I can connect the dots like who is this person um, that just, you know, jumped on here. Because a lot of times I get messages through Instagram and, of course, they're if they put their real name in when they sign up on the website, but they don't put their Instagram, I'm like, I don't know. Is that a different person? Like, I don't know. So, um, I, I really those... recommend, um, I was just talking about this with another, to another dude using a, a bot, uh, called okay. Zapier and it integrates, uh, it uses, so you can use, I use it to do, um, to when somebody places an order on my website, uh, it will send it to Google sheets in a whole matter of different ways. But what it's cool about is that what, uh, the other guy's going to use it for is when he gets a new follower, it will assign a Discord role to a specific member in his Discord. So that's what that it integrates things between what? websites and you know the Discord server. Um, there are some limitations. So like, but yeah. if you were running a YouTube and you got a new subscriber on your YouTube channel and that member right. was also a member of your Discord, <laughs> mm-hmm. this this program can give them a new role which he wants to use it to he needs that role to limit the his giveaways so he's going to do a giveaway on his discord using discord bot and how you can limit that is you need to have the role set up you know you right. so you you make a role you know giveaway role and yep. you get that by you know watching his 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 new his uh, twitch stream and following or subbing or whatever it is I, I don't, I'm not familiar with Twitch, but, um, 
So, but yeah, if you sh- you should look into that, and and it's it, awesome. It can What's help it you. It's called Zapier. Z A P I E R. Dude, and it, I love learning. It's an shit like integration, this. Okay. sir. It's an integration thing between Discord. It, it can assign. It can based on another trigger, like uh, like somebody purchasing something off the website. Mm-hmm. It could then give that person a role in my server if I needed it to. Right. Um. So yeah, yeah. Check that oh my out. God. So cool. you can it'll assign a role, like a Discord role, um, based on let's say different criteria. So they went and watched this thing, or they signed up for this thing or they it's somewhat limited so like during right. twitch it only gave him three it only has three options right now it was like become uh follow a stream or you know follow a specific stream on a specific day or something like that so there's like yeah. three options for discord it can assign a role it can message a channel it can um message a person and and i believe one other thing and Dude, that's the, crazy you know but yeah, those. But based on another trigger, you know, so it's pretty cool, and and you can integrate Discord to Discord servers too. Oh, which that's is pretty awesome. cool. That's definitely yeah, what yeah. I need then. Yeah, it okay. uh, it does it does give you a free trial, so it's like thirty day free trial, and then mm-hmm. after that, it is worth you know I think it's like fifteen bucks or something like that for I use right. it's a they got tiers, but yeah, they had you you set up things called zaps, and you know, depending on how many zaps you want. You know, I need a lot of them because I got a lot going on. But yeah, right. Yeah, check it Very out. It's cool. really, really helpful. Really, really helped me. So what? Uh, so how did you end up starting? Did you start the Discord, your Obsidian one? I, I, I actually didn't. So okay. uh, people ask me this question a lot, and uh, so I was with a friend, friend of mine, and uh, his name's Cody Black, and he is uh, also local here to Sarasota, Florida. And uh, so we got together and we were like, man, we want to start this team. And we wanted it to kind of be the idea of the team was kind of be just kind of like really good players. I don't know, sort of a weird direction niche team. And then uh, it that like a week later, it just turned into, you know what? We saw this need for a national server that was, you know, active and place for people to communicate and network because that's, that's what it's all about over, you know that's where the name came from is that it was based on a team at hmm. first. And that's kind of where people can't hang up on the name of obsidian discord, but uh, it's a nod <laughs> to star Trek. I don't know if you're a Trekkie or not, but it's I, uh, the card. I can't, I guess I'm not a Trekkie cause I don't know all this stuff, but I love star Trek. I really love it. I just never mm. studied, you know, I don't know all the, uh, I mean, I grew up with the originals, you know, Ah, so. uh, see, I'm a TG, I, I'm a TNG fan. You know, I'm okay. I love Deep Space Nine. I I really liked it. I didn't like the ending though. Um, the original series, you know, TOS. We like I like it a lot. It's you know, but TNG is my favorite. It's what I grew up on, I guess. Okay. But in it, the Kardashian Empire. I don't know if you know it. The guys with the weird neck. Um, you know, uh. they're CIA. That's oh. what their CIA is called. Is Obsidian Order. Oh. Okay. So yeah, that's what a nod was, and I hadn't—I don't know if you're familiar with Minecraft, but there's a popular oh, yeah. Minecraft server. Yeah, it's called Obsidian Order. I didn't even know that, but oh, okay. You know, I think it kind of lends itself to the idea of community in that idea too. Mm. That you know, that's what I'm—I'm I'm not familiar with Minecraft Obsidian Order, but uh, from my understanding, it's a server as well. So yeah, and it's a community of people that you know 
take part take part on activities on that server. So, gotcha. but anyway, and we moved. Uh, we we started the server and we started inviting people from Florida. We noticed that other states had you know set up discords, and so we kind of went that direction with you know let's make a Florida Discord, and then uh, other people started joining from Minnesota. And uh, we had a big Minnesota following. It was like we ended up with like 200 people, and half of them were from Minnesota. And so oh, we're shit. like, all right, so we're going to go national because and that you know, was just random. Every, like, uh, did somebody from Florida know somebody in no, Minnesota? No, I mean, it's just the kind of the demon of Facebook, right? I mean, when when <laughs> right. you go and you post in, uh, I'm in a Airsoft HQ on a Facebook group, right? And it says on there that it's from Central Florida, but there's people from all over. Right. You know, and just, you know, friends of friends. And it kind of just happens to that. Not a lot of people use Discord. So it's kind of, uh, I would say, from every 10 people that look at an ad for a Discord server, maybe one are able to join it because they know what it is and, you know, have the program installed and, you know, click on it to go to the (sighs) server. So, so what, so a lot of airsofters are gamers. So what, what do they use to communicate during games? They don't use in-game chat because in-game chat sucks ass. Well, TeamSpeak. Oh. Yeah, TeamSpeak's another huge – I mean it's it, – you could call it Discord too. I mean, Is that a third party just like Discord is? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never used I it. I just uh, – yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's still around or not, but um, – Okay. Um, but nowadays, uh, they also use my my brother in law was just over, and his son uses Google Chat to Google Chat with all his friends. You know, while oh. he's playing Fortnite. While he's playing Fortnite. Really? That's what they're on. Okay. I mean, you know, Probably because it's built there's... in on their phones or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if oh. you know what Telegram is. I use Telegram for I have Team Telegram. Chat. Yeah. So. And they they have video chat capabilities, so I'm sure people use right. that. But you're right, yeah. Discord and Discord and gaming went hand in hand for a long time. I believe right. that's how it was built. I wasn't around, but yeah, that's how it was built. That's what we used uh, years ago when me and my buddies were gaming, uh, PC gaming and stuff. When uh, I can't remember what year Discord came out, but it was well after I was already, you know, PC gaming. We we were PC gaming. Me and my buddies in the in the uh, mid nineties, ninety five, ninety six, and uh, in an early, you know, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So I, I play. I started out. That's my moniker is platform. My call sign, and yeah, that's where I got it from. Is World of Warcraft. So I was yeah. a undead, undead healing priest for you know from the from the beginning of uh, Wrath of the Li- or no, burning up the beginning of Burning Crusades to the end of the Wrath of the Lich King. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and and then I Dude, played. Dude, I Rift. worked at <clears throat> I worked at GameStop. I ran a GameStop store here in South Carolina oh. for three years. I was there uh, from 2007 until 2010, and uh, like September of 2010. So I was there for the midnight launch. We did a huge midnight launch for Wrath of the, of the uh, Lich King for mm-hmm. WoW, and the back wall, bro. I love doing those things. I mean, I, I, I would make this huge, you know, and all the guys that worked at our store, they were, uh, I mean, they loved being there. They obviously, you know, it was like, it was a fun environment and, um, uh, we built a huge, 
like display of they were empty, you know, boxes, but they looked like the big boxes that you would buy. They had the game in it, and then of course all the stuff in it, and then they had extra stuff that they sent us. You know, Blizzard sent us and Activision for all that shit to uh, display for the midnight release. And it was so fun, bro. It was fucking packed. It was so packed. It was one yeah. of the biggest talked about things uh, that came out for WoW in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you um, were you working at GameStop when Skyrim came out? No. Um, oh, man, I remember that. I remember that day. I waited for a good three hours. I don't know. I've, I've known people that waited a lot longer, but yeah, you know, I, I waited three hours to make sure I got my copy. I think it was oh. like two days. Two days after release, I finally got it, or maybe yeah. it was a little bit longer. But but yeah, I went to the store, waited three hours just to get my copy of Skyrim. Let me see when it came out. <clears throat> I'm gonna look it up. Uh, so Skyrim actually came out in 2012. Okay. Mm. December 4th, 2012. No, I was, yeah, I was in, uh, two, yeah. So two years after I left. Yep. But, uh, I was there for, um, we did the midnight release for wrath for a while. And then I did the uh, midnight release for, uh, GTA four was our, those two were probably Mm -hmm. the biggest ones we had GTA four and, uh, wrath. Um, there was, uh, there wasn't any big halos that came out. I don't think when I was there, uh, maybe ODST. No, I can't remember, but, um, cause halo three came out the November before or September, I think before I, I started that, uh, that GameStop. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, I wasn't working there for that, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's fun, man. We were, I was talking with somebody else recently, just like last week about, uh, midnight releases and how they're not a thing anymore. That's really sad because it's such a yeah. cool, fun thing. And you know what? We should bring it back because airsofters, airsofters are bro. When I'm, when I'm talking with people, when they start you know, releasing a, <laughs> I'm sorry, but when they start releasing a full game without having to <laughs> wait two months and then buy a DLC, because bro, that's what's killed it, bro. It is, it is, it is. I mean, you can't go. They got to hit that date, dude. Oh, yeah, it's full of holes. It's Swiss cheese, but we got to push it out. Yeah, like, dude, like, I don't know if you'd heard of Anthem. So Anthem was, yes. Bro, I love that fucking game. I I played the shit out of it. So I did, too. And I had very high hopes for that game, right? This is... Anthem killed me for gaming. Like I really? play a little bit here and there and I play airsoft and that's my thing. And, you know, I do my other little side stuff that I do and take care of my daughter. And, uh, other than that, I'm a stay at home dad and my, uh, help out my mom and dad in law, you know, here at the house. And, but, uh, but yeah, dude, it's killed me with gaming because, you know, they hyped it up. It's an awesome ass game too. But, dude, you can beat that game. We beat the game in 26 hours. Well, and bro, you get to, I I don't no-life it, okay? Oh, Quit no-life and shit. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Like, no. It, was, and then, it wasn't that short of a game. It had a lot of places to explore. It was cool, okay? It did, but, it really, but you got to admit, it was half of a game it on was. release. It was. So it was like, but 
and and if people the, like there was, to they do were they were talking and, about releasing all these things to access all this other shit and they didn't yeah and the like the guns were it was like basically yeah i mean the hype was there and i love the mechanics of it the mechanics too. all of it was cool but yeah. dude once you played it for a good 70 hours it's really like dude this oh, is so the repetitive same thing as yeah. the first hour the same thing yeah. i mean uh, you're just getting minute changes up the scale and little bit of differences in effects of the weapons and that was it i mean yeah i don't know but yeah, I guess. Well, not only that, there wasn't. They didn't add in like uh, specialty gear you could get uh, if you kept playing. Like, you know how like um, there's a lot of games that do it, like uh, Division, right? Division two. I st- actually still play Division two, and um, it's very repetitive. It's very yes. repetitive. You play the same missions, the same. Like every week is uh, the the weekly update is on Tuesdays, and uh, um, Tidal Basin is a map. Um, location in the game and every fucking week it's one of the uh the uh black tusk uh you know it's one of the missions you have to do every week to do the weekly things now mm-hmm. they'll switch up the other missions so there's two main uh there's two main bigger missions you have to do every week you know that they reset every week and um and then smaller missions that kind of complement those so you have to do, let's say you have to do like three smaller missions to get to, you know, the bigger one, you know, to take over this, uh, the bigger maps on the field uh, or on the map or fields on the map. So there's a uh, tidal basin is it's one of the, I think it's boring because we've done it so much. It's every fucking week. So there's all these other maps that they've unlocked, you know, that they've done. Like uh, they did an update for New York. They had a whole separate map for New York City where you go mm-hmm. back to New York City. It was like a, a huge expansion. It was really fun. But uh, So you have that map as well. But um, it, it is really repetitive, but they keep adding like different kind of gear and guns, like exotics that you mm-hmm. can get. So they'll add that in. And so it gives you, you know, some kind of reason to farm these different things. And, uh, and they added in, uh, let's just like a couple months ago, they added in uh, – some features where you can make the those missions harder. So you, let's say you max it, you you put it on the hardest setting. But now all of us are you know been playing for a while. Are uh, we we can you know it's the hardest setting isn't that hard. Well, they added in these directives where you can turn on and off different things. So you turn off ammo. So you mm. start with only am, uh, pistol ammo. Then you turn off all your like uh, your technicals. Right, all your technology gear and shit, you know. So you can't throw out a turret. You can't throw out it, you know, those kind of things. So uh, you basically make it like hardcore mode, you know, with these different directives. You have a lot of different options. So it gives you something like that. But um, when Anthem, you know, like games like that, they had so much potential, bro. We did a couple of videos on it. Me and my boys were playing it all together. We played through the whole thing together, mm-hmm. and uh, the cutscenes were awesome. I thought, you know, they were pretty good. Like it was, uh, the, the voice acting was good. Um, and the storyline was pretty good. The gameplay, the environment was beautiful, like plush and vibrant colors, greens, and then water. And you would go, you would transit, you're flying through the air and then you could just dive into the water mm-hmm. and it had realistic effects. Um, the mechanics and, and the, were spot on too. Like you they could really be were. flying 
and you could launch it and like it it really gave you a good feel but soon after release if i can remember correctly i haven't booted it up in a while i'm sure they've you know helped out some but um it's really uh, you know they right after release they they were saying that you know there wasn't going to be more DLC there wasn't I saw that going to be an expansion to the yep. um to the storyline and everything like that I don't know if they ever did come out with it but I don't know the studio got a lot of pushback from what was yeah yeah it, it really it really disappointed I mean and it but does. it was hard it was hard, man. You put the you crank the difficulty level up, and right. y- yeah, you had to be on the top gear, and you had to be you know really good at the game to really push through it. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm a old school Starcraft fan too. Like I played Diablo, uh, uh, the original Warcraft, um, yep. a lot of the OG games. Uh, yeah, we just might hear the baby screaming. Every once in a while. That's right. You want to meet her? Sure. Oh, oh my gosh. Emma Ray Clark. Emma. Emma Ray. All right. What's up, big girl? She'll be one month on uh, March 20th. What? uh, One month? Or I'm sorry, one year. Oh, I was going to say, bro, (laughs) that is the biggest one month year old I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, and she, well, she's Hi. 30, 30 pounds and almost 30 inches long. Damn! She is top of one of the top of her class baby. Right. She is but, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, man. How many Hi. do you have? This, this is my first. Oh, yeah. How many do you have? Uh, five. Wow. <laughs> So we had those little babies. Yeah, we had five of those little babies. And they don't stay little for long, that's for sure. Yeah, I grew up in a daycare. My my mom ran an in-home daycare, and I had – my mom had had four kids of her own. And then went and took care of the legal, I think, five per person. So she ended up working working from home, uh, a stay-at-home mom, and then – had this business and then had four kids on top of it. My mom was, yeah, she was an OG. Bro, I she her had some freaking patience, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tested that patience for sure. Oh. Uh, now, where are you at in the uh, in the four? You have three siblings, right? Yeah, so I'm number three. Okay. So my I have two older siblings and a, then a younger sibling. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Were you the troublemaker out of the four? Um. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh, well, I mean, Jesus. you know, all four of us were. We weren't weren't bad kids. We, it was just the '90s, man, and the '90s. Yeah. We when a lot of energy. Were, oh Fucking yeah. Nirvana. <laughs> I mean, the economy was up. You know, technology right. was coming out. Everything yeah. was popping. You know, it was like skateboarding. You know, it was a fun time to grow up in the '90s. It really was. Yeah, that I mean, you grew I'm up sure in Florida. They... No, right I there? grew up in I grew up in Illinois. Oh, okay. I grew up in uh, I was born in Southern Illinois and grew up in uh, Northern Illinois near Chicago. 
Gotcha. In uh, Joliet, you know, the prison city. My my dad was a welder, and then yeah, my dad, my mom was a at home daycare. Yeah. But welding, man, bro, that is. I'm, I just bought a welder, a really cheap one, to uh, to teach my boys uh, how to weld because I'm. It's one of the things I wanted to teach them uh, before they got to be adults or, you know, as they were coming up and I never got to, um, mm. I never, yeah, I never bought a welder. I never, uh, you know, it's just one of those things kind of, I forgot about over the years, but I taught myself when I didn't teach myself, I had somebody teach me at a, uh, one of the factories I worked at and, uh, and then I went, you know, he showed me the basics and then I went and, uh, uh, practiced every night, you know, worked, uh, six days a week, uh, most weeks. And, um, when, you know, at this factory I was working at, so I worked a lot of overtime. So I was there every, almost every day. So I would, I would go into the uh, maintenance shop when, uh, I didn't have something going on with the machines I was running and, uh, and I would just practice and practice. So I started out on MIG welding, really simple, you know, just, you know, uh, make sure you know the, the two dials, right? The, the feed rate and the amps and, um, Based on what what kind of thickness of metal you're you're running, and then uh, and then I went to one of the guys taught me how to stick weld, and that was I never I never perfected it I never perfected it it was uh it was one of those where before or when by the time I stopped being able to go in and do that and, and learn that um, I was still getting the stick stuck on the mm. fucking metal. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, I, I never got that, that balance of, you know, the, of how to get it to where I could, uh, weld smoothly without sticking that stick. But yeah, that's why I want to, I can't wait to get my daughter. One of the main reasons why I want to move back to Illinois is we had shop. I learned how to make and stick weld in high school. Dude, that's we, awesome. we, we, we built a, one of the projects was to build a table vice. Where yeah. you you know just a flat piece and you ended you know you just built this rudimentary you yes. know table vice and at the end of the semester you know you got graded on it and uh, I mean but yeah I don't know if they still do schools should schools should teach practical absolutely shit like that you know instead carpentry welding like people don't realize I think I think welding is probably one of the biggest. Uh, fields that is unknown or underrated maybe is that uh because i I think there's a lot of videos and a lot of um a lot of shows that were built on uh you know fix this house kind of shows right Mm -hmm. on hgtv or whatever type of you know something where kids growing up if their parents were watching something they could see this thing happening they could see somebody knocking down walls they could see somebody you know nail gunning these uh you know two by fours together this kind of thing right and they go oh and they learn right as they see it and they go okay this is a frame they see how this goes together it's all wood then they have the drywall and they have all these things going up plywood or whatever and then but no one ever there's no shows that show like welding right except the specialty niche shows like uh, blacksmithing type of thing that have similar, you know, kind of abilities that they show off in there. But the uh, welders uh, are the backbone, you know, carpenters for sure, welders, construction, all that. But welders are the backbone of any big city, of any kind of automobile. You wouldn't have the cars we have today without welding. Um, 
like it, everything would fall apart. You can't, the things that really need to be held together, like uh, for a long term and really strong and they're really thick, you can't just drill a hole and put bolts and nuts and lock washers on that shit. Okay. You got to weld it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm going to teach my kids uh, how to weld here in the next, uh, in the next few months, but so you have, uh, anything, have anything on in mind to start, you know, building oh, that like, not really. Well, I got the welder originally because my, uh, my exhaust finally went out on my, um, on my Jeep that I'm working on. So the straight pipe all the way back, uh, from all the way up to where it hooks to the manifold uh, all the way down, you know, all the pipe all the way back to the, thing i need to cut that out and um and fix part of it and then put it back in so and those have to be welded mm. so uh they have they have some other options they have this um jb weld makes a high heat kind of stuff you can do but i'm not sure about it and i don't want to sit there and do all this work to go you know drive it for 2 weeks and shit heats up and cracks Mm-hmm. Like, fuck that, bro. If I'm going to mm-hmm. get under there and do all this work of ripping this stuff out, uh, I'm going to weld that shit the way it needs to be welded and then put it back in. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. That, so that's that's my first project. And then I'm just going to teach them on scrap stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe something will come out of it. You know, one of my sons, yeah. actually uh, Christian, who's on our channel, on our YouTube channel, he's uh, he's really – uh, he's really good with like thinking of things to, to make up. Like he got a 3d printer years and years ago and, um, he made this chain mail out of some shit. And then actually before that, he made a uh, halo helmet out of cardboard tape, like duct tape and pennies. So, and he shot a 22 at it to see how much, you know, how it would stop, uh, how much it would take basically. So he put these, uh, he made um, the uh, chain mail kind of stuff out of pennies. Well, then he went on, you know, later to make it out of, you know, 3D printed some chain mail for your, like your hands. And uh, anyway, he's, he's really good. He'd be a good fabricator. So hopefully if I teach him how to weld uh, and he sees how simple it is, because it's really like a MIG welder is honestly like a, a, a larger version of soldering is almost yeah. what it is. You know, so once you learn and, the technique, and, and MIG welding is the technique of it. Yeah, they're different, but you know how you beat it, and it's very similar too. Once you get the kind of feel of one, you can kind of feel the other one out too when you're using it. Yeah, we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. 
So hell yeah, dude. Well, anyway, so uh, so you you grew up in Illinois. You uh, you're but you're now in Florida. Uh, you and your buddies started this uh, Discord and started uh, for your airsoft team. But how did you get into airsoft in the beginning? Did you play airsoft in Chicago? Uh, well, I mean, long time ago when I, I was into paintball, like a lot of us are, mm. and uh, I, yeah, it was back in Illinois. And uh, at the time, whenever I bought paintball guns, I had picked up an M16 Garand, or no, wasn't an M16? Yeah, I think I got an M16 and an uh, M1 Garand, and uh, both airsoft. Nice. And uh, back then, back then, I don't think that was maybe 2010 ish, maybe. 11 so okay. they were a little bit different they weren't as solid on their you know mm. hop-ups and everything like that i didn't maybe maybe they were i just didn't know enough about them yeah. um but i tried paintball um i you know i had a pretty good tipman 98 custom that was my first one i picked up uh yeah ran that for a while but Dude, yeah those were yeah i had a tipman 98 when i played paintball those are great but again, I think most like again most people kind of didn't don't don't really know about how actually the community is because airsoft isn't so mainstream. It's getting there, of course. You know the South Park yeah. episodes, YouTube helps, <laughs> Novridge. Right. You know, uh, Novridge is how I actually got started. So yeah, I mean, I was sitting around missing a girl and um, <laughs> uh, started cruising YouTube and saw Novridge and then. I was living in Florida and I've still got friends in Illinois and yeah. one of them was starting this airsoft team. I don't know if you're familiar with angels of death airsoft in, um, Illinois. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're big, you know, great team of guys that, uh, dedicated to supporting the community. They go out, they do charity events, you know, they do events themselves and just a oh, great cool. bunch of guys. They have a YouTube channel, uh, check them out. Angels of death airsoft on YouTube. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, they, he was, he, he had just started and I was like, man, you know, that was what I wanted. I thought I wanted everything. I like a lot of people. I saw Novridge and I'm like, that's what I wanted to do. Right. Cause I was, I was in battlefield. I was a sniper and I'm like, yeah, this uh. is, this is what I, this is what I want to do, man. So I get out there and, um, you know, I didn't even last a uh, couple of days and I had my first M4 and I was like, I got the running gun, you know, feel to it. Going out there, just nothing beats going out there and running towards the enemy and getting up to them. I love the CQB. I run an MP5. You know, oh, I I just recently got rid of all my M4, so I've got two MP5s. I've got a tri shot shoddy, and I got my handgun. Damn, and that's what I use, man. And Brave. I've been running. I've been running MP5 now for solid for at least. I want to say four years. Okay. I just got a new one, but yeah, I, I use a MP5 swordfish with a swordfish attachment to it. Bro. And, that's uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. It's, and, um, yeah, I've been Those running swordfish that for attachments are cool as shit, man. Well, the, my favorite thing about them is that when I'm looking, when I've got the weapon to my shoulder, yeah. I can see exactly where the – and I'm looking down the sights. I can see exactly where the front of my gun is. So I'm not overextending it over right. in, you know, over windowsills or around yep. corners. You can – just having it shouldered, yep. you can see exactly where that front end is. And, right, because the it helps whole thing goes to the end of the barrel. 
Like that, it just that, goes that straight hole. down. Yes. So we we mm-hmm. got we got a uh, we got a P ninety with a swordfish on it mm-hmm. in one of the mystery boxes. And that was a big uh, giveaway thing we did for you know we gave it away, and it was um, it was one of my favorite favorite guns because of how it looked. Mm-hmm. It was such a cool look. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, other than that, it really doesn't have. I mean. You know, you don't typically put anything on your top rail going right. forward unless you, you know, I mean, I don't know. People have a lot of different tastes and do a lot of different stuff, but I, I find it to be a little overkill in terms of rail space, though. So. Oh, dude, it's rails yeah. for days for a short gun like yeah. that and the P90 as well. It's it's yeah. rails everywhere, all the top, the sides, like even the bottom. Like mm-hmm. it's fucking – I. I <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Black Tiger Airsoft in Tampa. That's my home field. Shout out to Black Tiger. and uh, Shout out. But, yeah, there they allow you to – if you have that meat grinder, you know, it's like a meat tenderizer. My bad. It my is, meat tenderizer. Dude. It's a melee kill. You know, you get up it close. Is. You can just Yeah, you just – I don't got to, you know. But, I mean, you got an MP5, so it's like, you know, what yeah. is, go ahead and shoot them, you know. So, <laughs> but, but Yeah, yeah the front uh, looks so aggressive, though. With the, the the points on it, it's mm. – uh, yeah, it's scary looking. I never uh, – yeah, I haven't watched too many of your videos yet. I'm still watching. And you release a lot. It's like every every day you're you're pumping them out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, that's recent. To... That's recent. We our, ah. our channel started out – so we've been in uh, – our channel has been around for three and a half years. We did uh, – we started out with the unboxings and then mm. – uh, and then later we started doing reviews. We didn't do the reviews right away. It was like, um, hey, let's uh, let's do these unboxings because mystery boxes were cool. And then uh, and then we're like, holy shit, we got all these guns. Well, why don't we do some review videos on these guns we have? We're just stack them in the closet, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's and then we started doing reviews. So unbox review, unbox review. We did that forever, and then we started doing giveaways later because I was like, bro, we have so many fucking guns, we're running out of space. It was me. Um, there, two of my sons, uh, were still living at home and, uh, one of them had already moved out. And then I asked him to move back in because I was coming out of being paralyzed. I was, I was still unstable, uh, walking and stuff. I wouldn't use a walker. I wouldn't use a cane. So I'm too fucking stubborn. And, uh, and I would fall down and I was, uh, on steroids. I was, you know, 320 pounds. Uh, I was a hundred a hundred pounds more than I am now. And, uh, so, uh, I couldn't get up. I, I literally fought and my wife couldn't help me out. She's a little five, three thing, you know, like, mm. and, um, and so I asked my son to move back home. Hey, just somebody to help me if I fall. So, um, so anyway, so it was me, two of my sons and then, uh, their friend that got him into airsoft. And that's what, that's how we started the channel. So the trifecta came from those three that were playing airsoft and then I was not supposed to be in any videos. I was just going to be the, hey, I'll film and I'll edit and I'll post and I'll run the channel. You guys do the stuff and I'll just, you know, I'll run everything. So we start out with the unboxings, reviews, and uh, and then later on, and then giveaways because we had all these guns. So we, there was three of us in the house getting mystery boxes. So we'd get a BOA. You get two guns each box. So mm. we're getting, you know, six, like six guns a month and that's mm-hmm. only if we and that's if, if we just do the boas but we were doing airsoft gi mystery boxes 
we were doing Fox Airsoft mystery boxes. So we built up, we had like 30 guns in a few months. It was fucking nuts. Um, <clears throat> in the house. I'm like, where the fuck are we going to put these? So anyway, so then uh, we started doing giveaways. So it was unboxings, then reviews, then giveaways, and then just rinse and repeat until uh, everyone else on the channel got busy. All these young guys got busy with their life. And uh, uh, and I still want to do something for the channel. So I'm like, hey, I'll, do, I'll just talk to people. And that's where the podcast came from. And then I was talking to, as I started doing that for the last year, um, it kind of ramped up a little bit, a little bit more and more. And I was asking people, like, I would send out a bunch of messages to people like, hey, you want to be on podcast? They're like, okay. Well, I started getting more and more yeses. So then I'm like, oh, shit, I can't just release one a week. I got to release three a week because I have so many that I'm doing, you know, that I've scheduled that um, these uh, the, the one I did today won't come out for like a month and a half. And it's not really fair to the person. And then, you know, so they're, they're like, Hey, when's this coming out? So then I'm like, um, well, maybe I'll do three a week. Well, then I had enough to do five a week. So now I'm doing Monday through Friday anyway. So yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I release a podcast every day, Monday through Friday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you so enjoy it? The good news is you won't have to wait that long for yours to come out, which is really beneficial wow. for a lot of people, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, because before I started doing the five a week, it was, uh, up to three weeks out. So when I did a podcast with you, it wouldn't come out for three weeks. So, mm. which sometimes that's not good because we're talking about uh, events. Like, uh, I had a bunch of field owners or event coordinators on here and they're talking about events. Well, it's fucking past by the mm-hmm. time this comes out, if I do them in order. So, uh, anyway, so I do love it. Yes. Um, I, I really enjoy it. I'd never feel like it's work. Uh, I rarely edit. I don't have the good thing about these. I don't really edit that much. Like these are long form conversations. Um, they're relaxed conversations. Uh, I've never played airsoft. I played paintball, but I didn't play airsoft because these guys played. I ran the channel. Like I said, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to get out there and play physically. So, uh, so that's kind of where all this came from. And so I have kind of a different perspective because I'm, I'm a spectator. Um, I've edited all their gameplay videos. I've ed- hours, countless hours, countless hours of uh, watching three different GoPro cameras from three different people and scope cam camera, you know, uh, videos and trying to, you know, just piece all this together. Uh, and I've been to a couple of mill sims as press. So that's, uh, yeah, I do enjoy it. I love talking with people. I love learning their background. Um, I call it Airsoft Podcast because that's our channel. But honestly, it's more of a uh, uh, kind of a social podcast with a little bit of Airsoft mix in, which honestly kind of fits Airsoft because most people are there for the community and the social part of it. And then a little bit of Airsoft, like enough to, you know, get your yeah. guns out and your gear out and go play and then but the majority of a three-day mill sim is the social aspect mm-hmm. yeah. and i think it's really refreshing because i mean i think that youtube is fundamentally a part of airsoft because how how it brings people in i mean it is probably the number one thing that brings people in in my opinion i'm i don't know yeah. i haven't done any surveys but 
from my experience so far in my networking, you know, um, sure. but I think that it casts an unreal expect or an unreal sort of view on what a day in airsoft kind of like, because, you know, you see all the, the kills and you, but you don't see, you know, the fact that he has got to walk, you know, to the starting point, you know, far away and, it's a lot at different fields and different dynamics and it's it's just you don't and you don't can't really fit that and i get that you can't kind of fit that into a video format that's easy you know and engaging for an audience you know right so um but yeah i think that uh, forums of this style really help you know um and really bring people together because that's what the best thing about airsoft. That's why I left the. I have no regrets about leaving the gaming community, man. You know, with the way <laughs> that people, you know, How dare you treat each other. I mean, you know, dude, that is the look. Airsoft is so nice and welcoming. You gotta have the opposite sometimes. You gotta get back into a gaming uh, lobby, okay, where you hear a bunch of shit talking. And yeah. Just, <laughs> I mean, and and airsoft ain't always like that. I'm mean, no, gonna I try to yeah sure. put a bad yeah you know. But well, dude, I've been talking the last month and a half, maybe two months. I've been talking with a lot of speed softers, and there's mm -hmm. way more issues with indoor fields like um, players that play you know indoor and the speed soft stuff. As far as the uh, the like, almost every time they go to play, there's something that happens where somebody's pissed off and not calling their hit and that kind of thing. Whereas a milsim, you know, you might have where, Oh yeah, they didn't call their hits or whatever, but nobody's pissed off about it. They come back to their campground area, you know, and they're somebody like they might be heated right in the moment, but they go back and th this is like Saturday afternoon. Well, they still got gameplay Saturday night. They're going back for lunch, man. They got one of their boys back here at the RV or the tents with a full, you know, grill and grilling bratwurst and fucking, you know, all kind of shit and beers and smoking and, you know, that kind of thing. So they're like, you forget about those kind of things really quickly. Whereas the speed sauce stuff, man, they're in there and some of these guys get really fucking, you know, they're competitive and then they get pissed off because somebody's not calling their hits. And then you got 14 year olds on there that are just don't know what's going on and they don't call their hits. And then they, think that they're hitting somebody and they're getting pissed so it's a lot more of that kind of behavior you know with uh more often i think than mm -hmm. than a you know than if you go to well, mill sims i think i think that from my experience uh, and yeah. i did uh, uh from i also before i did this i did clan battles tampa bay where i went around florida and i went to all the fields and i got teams to play against each other for on three on three for a tournament at the end of the year. Yeah. Really? That's when, I, and I did that for a season. So I went around and I got to meet a lot of teams and watch them play against each other and tape them. And, um, yeah, man, running events. I salute oh, every shit. single event promoter out there, but ain't for me, man. Trying to get, <laughs> it is tough. It is a, a lot of work. Way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It really I, is. I mean, you've got to yeah. be on top of your shit. I mean, just logistically. And then you got to kind of be a people person to run it because you've got to talk to field owners that are like, eh, I don't know. You know, maybe they're not the most personable. And then you got to talk, you know, got to deal with those issue drama 
on the field during the event and everyone, you know, you got to have all the rules really set and you have to have good refs. Okay. Like bro, something goes wrong. You got to know how to fix it. I mean, because yeah, it's a very tough, tough business and, uh, I salute every single one of them, but yeah, it ain't for me. Um, and then I start, you know, I went on to did a, I done I've done a couple teams as well, and then went on to the did the Obsidian Order and uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, now how did that come up? Where you uh, where you went around Tampa and did the three v three thing? Like what did um, I actually? How did that start? I mean, yeah, we just I because I know that I always wanted to help do stuff in airsoft. I mean, it's it need it needs people like. Every single person on the sidelines, like you, what you did, we need people out there putting on, you know, events and coming right. up with ideas and doing what I do and making and doing photography. Mm, uh, we need right. more photographers out there, yes. guys. If, you know, Good if you, point. you know, if you if you you want something else to do on the field, think about that, man. Everybody loves, you know, give it a shot, you know. So. Go out there, try to do new stuff, try to make new stuff. Just that that's how we're gonna build this, you know. Yeah. This board up. So uh, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, I just saw that and I, I thought, hey, um I like to because the whole theory was we'd also do other events too. Cause we so we went on and we did like a Halloween event and we did, you know, like a another separate tournament and other things, you know. So and and but and that was the idea was that you know we, we but it's a lot it's a lot mm-hmm. you know from having to manage stuff manage yep. people manage marketing and all just it's a big operation so uh but yeah if you and again don't ever just get discouraged if move on to the next thing we always need other people doing other stuff too because yeah, yeah that's a yeah, that's a fun thing. Well, were you playing – were you doing a lot of indoor play before you started those? Like were, is that something you liked or were you doing um, mostly like uh, we didn't, outdoor? We didn't have – I mean at when I first started, uh, I live in the Tampa Bay area, but I live on the west side of Tampa. Mm. And so the, for the longest time, the only two indoor places were in Jacksonville, which is really far – North or Miami, which is really far south. We gotcha. just recently got a indoor uh, field in in Tampa. So, but we I have a big outdoor field that's an hour away, and then right next to it, I got a big, uh, well, not a big, but a pretty decent size indoor field right, you know, an hour away. So I'm actually pretty lucky now. I got you know, yeah. The so you, you, so you're you're uh, you're talking about CIA Tampa. Competitive indoor airsoft in Tampa. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. They, the uh, the last two podcasts that came out. No, not the last two. The one today that came out this morning that was uh, Speedsoft Luke. He played. That's mm-hmm. his home field, CIA Tampa. And then um, uh, sometime in the beginning of the week, another guy that's on the same team, Obey Airsoft. They um, they play at CIA Tampa, and that's mm-hmm. that's how I found out about the field. I had never heard of it before that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great field. Um, I went there uh, the, like a month or two after when it first opened, and you know it was needed some work. And I just went back there recently, last in December, and okay. uh, and you can see it on videos uh, up on, up on YouTube right now. Great place, a lot yeah. of different dynamics, 
for for what they area they they have working. They have a lot of things working, and I really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, but uh, to go back on it a little bit, from my experience, so from watching it, the majority of conflict comes from when when you have a mix of see, like you were saying at a Milsom, you know, you have conflict, but it sort of knows how to resolve it and the ways and dynamics of play, you know, between people. Um, and I think you kind of see that when you watch Speedsoft tournaments and Speedsoft players play yeah. against other Speedsoft players. Right. So, um, but then when you mix it, you have, you know, a game where you've got Speedsofters, Milsom, you've got regular players, you've got, right. you know, different um, advancements and levels. That's kind of yeah. where you get the, the conflict comes because of the way, mm -hmm. you know, they mix well. Um, and I think that most people, again, uh, don't quite know how to take one on the chin because you don't always win every fighting. <laughs> you know, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you win and you're, you know, you make the right decisions, but sometimes you run straight face first into a flying hail of BBs. You know, it just. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's a good point. I think, uh, you know, the indoor from what I'm hearing is, and I'm just kind of picturing this in my head. I have been to an indoor field. I filmed uh, with these guys playing. It was pretty small. And I walked around with a riot shield and just, you know, filmed behind the the, the shield. But uh, it was, <clears throat> I feel like because you're literally like sometimes two feet from the enemy when you're shooting around corners and stuff, you're so close that when those conflicts happen or confrontations happen, that it's like, Oh, it's, you're right in your, you know, each other's faces, you know, it's like, you're right there. And, uh, and it's typically one-on-one, -on -one, right. Mm -hmm. Whereas at a milsim, or I think the term milsim is really broadly used. Um, so, when I say Milsim, <clears throat> I'm talking about the ones I'm I'm used to from my you know my boys playing are the you know two and a half day or three day you know the whole weekend Milsim right the full on like f real kind of military experience where you go you have gear requirements you have uniform requirements you're out there from day to night to night to day to day to night whatever and uh, it, you know for two and a half days. So that's the kind of milsim I'm talking about where you and you have to camp on the field. You don't have to, but if you want to be on the field, you got to camp on the field, you know, just outside the AO, but you know, you're, you're there. And, um, so those kind of milsims there, there's 600, 700 people. All right. So there's 300 people, 400 people on each team. And, uh, you don't have these, uh, you're not going to engage the enemy like at 20 feet or 10 feet, right? The majority of your engagements are going to be 50 to a hundred feet <clears throat> or more. And you're not going to do it by yourself. You always have a team with you and they always have a team <clears throat> and there's grenades going off everywhere. So you're, if you're pissed that they're not calling her hit, you're definitely not going to get up and run towards them and try to, you know, engage them in combat, like fist to fist, you know what I mean? Um, because they're not calling their hit. You're you're going to, and if you are that mad that you're going to try to do that, you're going to lose that <laughs> adrenaline really quickly when you get pelted 
by their whole team yeah. as you're, you know, trying to move towards them. So that, that deters it. So <clears throat> because you don't have this, you know, two feet away, uh, really spur of the moment, kind of adrenaline rush of things that happen and you know that you hit this guy and they're not calling it and they're yelling at you and you get right up close to each other. I think that's where the difference is. The biggest difference that I've noticed with, uh, you know, indoor play as opposed to the bigger mill sims, you don't have those kind of a close engagements, but, um, you know, they're, they're still cheating on either way, you know, either end of them. Mill sims, they, they have people that don't call their hits. Sure. They have people that cheat with the, uh, because, you know, mill sims, you don't have to like run back to spawn every time you get hit. You can, you're wounded. And so your buddy comes over and revives you. He's got to count to whatever it is, 10, 30. Mm-hmm. He's got to tap you so many times or whatever, you know. Um, they might tap you five times. You're like, all right, come on. You know, that's cheating. Um, <clears throat> and then people don't, don't call their hits. Same thing. But you don't have that close engagement to uh, to get pissed off about it. You know, like it seems like anyway. If you, if people relied more on the way they played, I think that um, you know, I call it Ramboism. There's yeah. a bunch of different r- words for it, but you know, I mean, yeah, of course, I want to go out there and I want to have a good time and I want to shoot people with plastic pellets as much as I can. But sometimes, you know, the people that are, you know, being the support person. Being the medic, being the yeah. those are those are the like you know you need those people, and uh, yeah. Are there people. are there? Um, I was talking with somebody, and they said uh, they think that there's more of that kind of toxic kind of you know fighting and aggressiveness and that kind of thing at Milsims than at indoor like speed you know speed soft kind of play. And I was like, well, are you talking about like the big mill sims? I, and that's why I said, I think the word is used, that term is used broadly because um, I think what they were talking about was one day, like an open play, but they call it a mill sim, mm-hmm. right? Because we're going to have, uh, they want everyone to dress up in, instead of speedy boy gear, you know, your military gear, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I have yet to see a Milsom event of any kind ever being held at an indoor field. Um, right. You know, so, but. No, I mean, you know, they I, do I those totally outdoor ones. People they don't do those know outdoor the ones Where the, um, where, uh, you know, it's just the, the one day, like the, like some, some fields have the um, indoor and then they'll have an outdoor field. That's not that big, you know? but it's still outdoor. Mm. And I think a lot of people, you know, they go to these, they'll have the, you know, some of these fields will have a, a quote unquote Milsim event, but it's just, and it's really just a Saturday open play. And well, we have, we have a Altar training center down in Imoloki, Florida. I don't know if it's still called that. I think they renamed it something else, but they, we had this military training center. It's a huge facility that uh, some of our big, the biggest event people that um, do events here in Florida, they often do it um, there at there at that complex. I mean, you know, if they hold an event and call it call it a milsom, you know, it's because that's that's where I would. 
if you had a single day event that was in every other aspect, um, you know, meeting a lot of the criteria of a Milsom, I mean, down to the T, down to the commanders and uh, the whole layout. I mean, yeah, that's I don't know if you're familiar with Doomsday Airsoft and Overwatch, but um, that was a huge event. Yeah, I think they got up to Overwatch 5. Um, but Where yeah, Overwatch, at? this was in Florida. Um, yeah. they don't, yeah, it was Doomsday Airsoft. Uh, they don't, they don't, uh, I think they, um, closed down. I'm pretty sure. Was that um, the field name of the field? No, Doomsday Airsoft was oh. the name of the prevent, uh, the oh. event company that ran the event. And gotcha. they, they did, they did an event called, uh, Overwatch every year at this training center that, um, yeah, they would pull people from North Carolina to come down here to play there. Sure. And it was it was huge. Yeah, if you YouTube it, Overwatch, you know, one, that two, three, cool. or four. Yeah, it's a huge facility. They still do I think they still do Milsons out there. But yeah, okay. I mean um but yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you that people well, that makes sense. the distinction okay. the distinction of one is 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 an actual Milsom and what isn't isn't you know, very clearly defined. And, and that goes, go, goes back to the, I mean, the sport doesn't have a governing body because how, right. you know, there's that's no, point. yeah, that's true. Ping pong has a governing body. Okay. <laughs> they do. They do. Oh my you God. Know? I never thought of that. Yeah, that's true. You know? So when people ask, is air sort of sport, you know, airsoft to me, well... technically ain't a sport until we have a national governing body. That governs the way people play That's airsoft true. in the United States. Yeah, and you know it don't have to be a competition. It doesn't have it, it. All it does is have to be an organization that decides and maintains the rule set of airsoft within the country. That's all it needs mm. to do. Yeah, and once we do that, I think we could be can't be called a sport instead of a hobby. But you know, that's just my opinion. You know, I think there's a. Um... It's not the same thing in what you're talking about, but in the Netherlands, uh, they have a part of their government that monitors airsoft. They don't really, you know, run it. It's more of like, hey, we're going to make sure this is safe and, you know, all the, Mm -hmm. that kind of shit, the government shit, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't want that. Uh, I no. want less of that. Uh, no, <laughs> so. no, but more. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but yeah. I want, yeah, I, like the NFL. The NFL runs the football. You have CFL, right? You have you have yeah. uh, the you know, like you said, ping pong. You've got baseball, right? The uh, you know, you got NBA. Uh, you know, for basketball, um, like all these different things. You know, FIFA. Uh, <laughs> well, it would just be that if you, if I went to a field here in Florida, that the yeah. rule set, the the parameters of how you play the game, mm. the FPS limit of the weapons, um, the MED limits for, you know, a field. All we're talking about really is a, you know, yeah. and at the field, you know, and um, that that I could go to an airsoft field here. And then fly across the country and go to an airsoft, different airsoft field, and they'd be the same exact rules in that yeah. mindset. The mechanic, yeah. I mean, you know what? You that might dude. get you might get lucky and it happen, but fields across the country are different. They're all and different. Y- they are in a lot of. They're all different. Minute it, different. Or yeah, they're minute. Yes, very small yeah. differences. You're right. Mm-hmm. 
What if, so would it be possible, do you think, for, for airsoft field owners, let's say, uh, let's say we narrow it down to indoor fields, right? We'll start with that because it seems like a little more controllable environment, um, than a, uh, 3d mil sim, right. Or a 40 hour straight mil sim, whatever, but you have, uh, all the field owners get together and form a group, right. And they decide, Hey, we are the committee now. Kind of like we have the, uh, NCAA football committee that votes on the, you know, rankings and shit. Okay. They get together and it's all these diverse people, whatever. So you have all these field owners that are experienced with running a field. Uh, most of them have played airsoft. They know, they know all the shit and they've experienced all the issues on the field. So they have their rule set based on, you know, that maybe has changed over the, you know, few years because this problem came up and that problem came up, whatever. Um, and so they kind of get together and say, yeah, let's come up with some standardized rules for all of our fields across the board. And it's not something that they have to enforce on someone else, on, on someone else's field. It's just, hey, let's start this trend that, hey, this field, we'll agree that these standards are good for all indoor fields across the country, you know, wherever we're at. So let's start a trend that, hey, uh, MED is the same. Uh, no bang bang rule because everyone hates that fucking shit. Okay, um, <laughs> from what I've learned, everyone hates that shit. Uh, you know, all the basic rules are the same. So the jewel limits, the MEDs, or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. Let's standardize yeah, you can even this have brackets or or different varying of you know, because because like you would want to have some leeway for places maybe that um, are coded differently. Maybe they can't even use smokes or, right. or, you know, pyro's different. Yeah. Or, or, or or a lot of different things, you know, you want to give room, but yeah, there should be. And I think that um, in my experience, um, I think fields should work more together. They Mm -hmm. do sometimes in a lot of events, um, but, and you see certain fields, working together with others and across. Um, But yeah, there needs to be an overall unification because man, their clientele is 90% the same. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that go to one field, go to a different field sometimes, you know, and we, you know, I'm not smack dab right next to one. So I can go to a bunch of different ones. So, I mean, it would make sense and it would help out the sport, you know, um, and you do see a little bit of it, but yeah, they need to all come together and say, hey, these are the established rules for mm-hmm. this and this, you know, and this is, you know, if you've got this going on, this is, you know, these are these parameters and you can add right. this, if, you know, or, or, you know, and there's, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, that's I haven't a good seen idea, it. man. I haven't seen it yet. I've been around, yeah. you know, and that's kind of what I do is I go and right. I, I I'm in well, communities you, across country. and Right. I was going to say, you did that. You went to these different fields. You started these different things. You started this discord. You have, the, you know, you have some experience with seeing all these different people and different backgrounds and different, you know, fields and whatever, like indoor, outdoor, Milsim, you know, speed soft, whatever. And then, uh, so you've experienced a lot of these different things. You, you know, 
that this could be beneficial, like you said, this would, you know, really help uh, kind of bring, and, and I think that's what needs to happen. I think we're airsoft in general. I think one of the biggest things that's holding it back from being kind of mainstream, right, or more popular is we're a bunch of vagabonds. Like mm-hmm. we're like every field is different. Like you said, every field is different. Every field has this. We have all these different events. We have, you know, you go to some, there's no standardization for shit, bro. Even the, mm-hmm. even down to the manufacturing of airsoft guns. Like you take a, there, okay. Version two gearbox is not the same across the board, right? You have M4 from this manufacturer, M4 from this manufacturer. They're a little bit different. So you get a Kythera, you want to drop it into this, uh, this gearbox, you're going to have to Dremel some shit. It ain't going to drop. There's no drop in like, oh yeah, just drop it in. It'll fit right in. No, it won't. You got to drum all kind of shit, bro. You got to run it, your wires here and there. Like there's not even standardization for the, the guns, like who, the, all these manufacturers. Like if you get a, uh, a nine mil, right? You get a nine millimeter <clears throat> pistol. Your, all of your basics are the same. You know what I mean? Like all your basic, no matter what, uh, whether you have Smith and Wesson, I'm not, they're not, they're not interchangeable parts. I understand that. But a lot of your basics are the same. How it's built on the inside is the same. These gearboxes, you pull them out, they're fucking, they're all kind of crazy shit. Yeah. There's no standardization from, for anything in airsoft. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it's such a, like just offshoots of, all kind of crazy shit going on and people just starting up their own thing, which is cool for innovation. And like, you know, Hey, CSL has their tournaments speed QB has their tournaments. Now NSL, um, you know, you've got, uh, the, you know, all the different Milsim event, uh, promoters and, and producers like third coast airsoft, you know, Milsim West and all these things that are popping up doing, you know, holding their own events. But when you go to different fields, there's no standard, Really, no standard anything. I think mm-hmm. the only standard is iPro. Okay, like <laughs> safety. Yeah. Right. Well, that's insurance based. Yeah. Any sort, any sort of collaborating thing normally is going to be something that's enforced because of laws or insurance or mm-hmm. this and that. That's true. So, I mean, you know, a lot of that is is be out of their hands. You know, they have to enforce a full seal eye protection. Because if somebody did get hit with one without For one, sure. you know, they could be held liable or, you know, Bro, I know it's very, very hard eyes. to get insurance <laughs> yeah. um, and, and owning and I get it. And there's a lot of intricacies, you know, they put a lot of money into a field. It's tough to get insurance. It's tough to get zoned correctly. It's tough to get, you know, materials to build a field. It's then to run events then to get your name out it's tough i get it and when you've built it you kind of want to you know work on yourself um but i think that a a, that a group of us if we got together and that was the mission of saying hey we want to become the trusted organization that people call that that the airsoft community event people come to and say hey i'm on board you know and we're willing to you know work with that organization um, it's just, again, not going to be something that's a lot of money in it. 
So I guess that's no. It's yeah, but I mean that's standard across the board for airsoft. I mean, fuck yeah. the, most of the yeah. refs, most of the refs at most fields are volunteers. They're not getting paid yeah. for it. You know, they're working for free. Which you people know, I understand say, people love the sport, but bro, you can only work for free for so long. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, how I do guess. you train? How do you train a ref? There you go. I just. I mean, that's I, yeah. I just asked this to uh, the podcast that came out this morning, uh, Speedsoft Luke. Uh, he is, I asked him the same thing. What, what are your recommendations? Cause he's done that. He's a, he's a head ref at CIA Tampa. And I said, what do you do to help train people? You know, what, what are good recommendations for people getting in that, uh, wouldn't mind helping to ref or whatever. What are some good basics, you know, to learn or whatever. And he went over some things. So, you know, being oh, at these different fields it. and what's that? I said, "Oh, I'll have to watch that then." Yeah, yeah, he's very knowledgeable, man. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's he talks a lot about the kind of his personal team, you know, like uh, him and Anthony's personal team, you know, Obey Airsoft, and how they came up and how their 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 goals of getting into you know the NSL tournaments and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, what if you could choose right now? If you were the head of this, let's say, fictitious community or. team that we're talking about, you know, of, of, uh, governing body for airsoft in America. So, um, what were, what would be some standards that you could call out right now? Just basic stuff that could be standardized across all airsoft fields that would be basic that they could follow, you know, what, what would be some, some kind of things that would help, you know? That you, you know, hey, if I go to this field, I know that it's going to be this. I go to this field, I know it's going to be that. Yeah. Um, you know, velocity limit for one. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is, we've, we've come really close to that. I mean, you're pretty much seeing 400 as being the default setting um, across the board now. Um, and, you know, the velocity's limit, um, MED. Um, and again, it would be something and these rules would have to be for indoor field for outdoor field um and i don't know uh i i've you know in my area we have an 18 or a 16 or year old or older day so Mm. you know there can be extra you know yeah i mean there can't one set of rule set wouldn't cover all of airsoft so we would need uh, rule set based on criteria, if you would, or, yeah. you know, and so, um, some of those things would be velocity limit, MED limit, um, uh, medic revival times, you know, um, me- uh, medic now methods. That one's, um, yeah, that one's probably a more spe- uh, event specific type of thing, right? But as far as general, uh, you know, across the board kind of. Well, that's what I was saying. For a general event, Mm -hmm. for maybe a general event, or you have, then you have a rule set for medics, medic rules for a Milsom event or a mini Milsom event. You know what I'm saying? Based on criteria, it does. I mean, you could have hundreds of different rule sets. And yeah, differences would be minuscule, but at least somebody would say, Hey, I want to put on an event, and this is the sort of event I want to put on. Yeah, and that would be a you know a big guideline for them to put on and say, and and that would mean that would translate into a player experience that was more consistent. People, yes. and people wouldn't have to have to know, 
You know what I mean? I mean, right. yes, oh, there would dude, be minor differences. that's such a good idea. Because you know what? You know what I'm finding as I'm talking with people, and the two mil. I've only been to two, but two milsons I've been to. The number one, and this is just in general in life, at mm-hmm. your work or whatever. What what the thing? The number one thing that stops production, right? And and it stops us as, as an individuals, you know, human, is confusion. We if we are confused about how to proceed. We're not proceeding. Like it just, mm-hmm. you can't do it. We see it every day when we go, when we drive in traffic and people don't know how to fucking drive. So you come to a four way stop and nobody knows who's going next. And you have mm-hmm. like, bro, can you fucking go? Okay. Uh, but confusion stops all this shit and especially Milsim. So what you just said, it, bro, if we could standardize the rules where for classes, so, medics, no matter what milsim you go to, a me- if you sign up as a medic, this is what it entails kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Maybe like mm-hmm. some, maybe not the exact every little tiny thing you have to do or have to, you know, whatever. Maybe exactly. those can be event yeah. specific, but there could be some general rules like, hey, um, if you're going as an LMG, this is the basic across the board. If you go to this mill sim over here, this mill sim over here, that's event, you know, run by different event hosts. Uh, mm-hmm. As an LMG, you're going to have these standard rules. So, and I think those are already kind of in play, but they're not, they're not concrete. They're not written down. They're not, there's nowhere somebody can go and one spot, one mm-hmm. website or whatever, or place to see, well, if I play indoor, if I go to the outdoor field, if I go to here, what are the top 10 basics? iPro, obviously, everyone knows that. But, uh, you know, what is um, the uh, jewel limits? You know, going to switching to jewel limits, I think was a really good thing. When I first started learning about it, mm-hmm. I was confused about it because uh, I understood FPS, right? But <clears throat> an FPS in real steel makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. like it'll all kill you, duh. So, uh, but with airsoft, like you have to know what your, what, you know, it depends on what weight BB you're shooting. Um, cause if I'm shooting 300, 400 FPS, but I'm using point fours and I'm still shooting 400 FPS and I shoot you at 10 feet away, bro. That's going to fucking hurt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do some damage. So, you know, there's some, so if we go to jewels, we got these standardized things, uh, indoor, outdoor, whatever, jewel limits, MEDs, uh, set, you know, things, uh, rules for, uh, classes. And we can kind of standardize this whole thing and kind of bring it together where at least some of the basics are, Hey, where do I go to find this information? Because, well, you know, some of these event hosts, websites, and Facebook pages for certain events are very confusing. Like, to read all the shit. Like, I understand there, and I'm not putting them down. I promise you I'm not putting them down. But instead of somebody typing all this out, like, you have to do that. Maybe you have to do that for legal purposes. I understand that, whatever, all the rules and all that shit. Yeah, type it all out. But can you please start having somebody that's like your, uh, uh, you know, coordinator, uh, correspondent or something 
that's good at, you know, like a newscaster, okay? Make a video. Make a video highlighting these, all the basic rules of your event. Like, hey, here's what you need to know. Really important. Top 10. This, this, this. Make a video. That's how people learn, man. They're not going to learn by reading all this shit because they're going to forget. Uh, some people are dyslexic. They can't read the shit and, and understand it. Make it, um, make yeah. it standardized. And here are the benefits yeah. because, I mean, you, you have a system. Say you do have a national, national uh, U.S. national airsoft guideline book or something you know, right. that says – Whenever I go to – and this is really important for new players because this is why I've started the Obsidian Order is because I think that the number one people reason why people don't stay in Airsoft, new players, is because of lack of information about mm-hmm. about where Airsoft is around them, um, how to get into it, and what it's all about around them. They have no idea because the, there's no – buddy out there pushing that you know yeah it's true it's a bet you know uh what benefits it's gonna bring is that you know whenever people get whenever new players come in um they're gonna know hey when i go to this event it's gonna be a 25 to 30 second touch on a person or bandage you know bandaging routine it's gotta be at least 25 to 30 seconds right you know that on all things that are like maybe one day events because honestly there aren't a whole lot of people that get into airsoft and their first day is a big milsom event no now there are people but that's just not the majority majority of people are going out renting people you know they they, actually the majority of people are backyard airsofters Mm -hmm. they've gotten their guns and they've gone on to private land and they've played a a backyard airsoft you know so that's like actual majority of people and um you know, so if they know, hey, I go to this event and this is the way it's going to be, they have a unified experience and that's just going to keep people in the sport, um, you know, over long term because they know. Um, and it's it's going to make and, and, and I, I get it because it's it's really tough to say, hey. You know, we want all of this to be this way and all of this to be that way. But at the end of the day, if there isn't and I make an event that I have all these rule sets and then two weeks later I have another event and I've got to remember all of this stuff. And it's got to be consistent because and then the next and because if it's not uh, like you don't have that sort of if there's a national thing, if it's well established that these are these are the rules of, you know, then people don't have a lot of disagreements on the field. Hey, that was this, this, you know, that, and this, they know the rules because it's been established and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's a national thing. So it's like, you know, um, you don't have to micromanage, but I think that it goes a long way with player experience. That's where I I wonder if absolutely dude, because, um, so I wonder if, if they're, Oh, I know there's a way. I know there's a way to get like the airsoft Bible uh, rule set, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, across the board, across the world, uh, standardized, right? So jewel limits, you got MEDs, you got uh, indoor play, outdoor play, uh, those, whatever kind of basics would kind of fall under those 
those categories. So I was talking to somebody and um, actually a couple people, this was uh, months and months ago. I was talking to people in uh, the UK. There was a huge event inside a abandoned shopping mall, which a lot of people like, right? Like when they hear that or abandoned hospital, you know, those kind of things like these buildings, um, they're like, oh yeah, man, be cool shit, right? So they go there. The AO, the mall itself, was cool as hell. Like, what a cool setup to go play. But it was one of the worst airsoft experiences these guys have had. And these guys have played a lot of airsoft, okay? Very experienced. Because whoever was putting it on, you know, the event host, whatever, was, uh, it was, I don't know if it was their first one or. No, it wasn't their first one. It was that the the uh, the problem was uh, they didn't know that this many people were showing up. Okay, mm-hmm. and I I feel like that's a breakdown in in on their end in technology. So you have a how are people buying tickets? You should know, and should, you should be monitoring this up until the last you know like the night before. And I understand you know a lot of I, I've heard this before where a lot of people that host events. Uh, they don't know, like, okay, there's uh, 300 people signed up two weeks ago, as of two weeks ago. And then three nights before, there's another 300, you know, that sign up. I get it. So, oh, yeah, okay, now we've got – so, anyway, this is something, I guess, that happened for this event. But really cool AO, really cool scenario as far as what they had set up. But because there was so many, there was too many people. There was too many people. Uh, there wasn't enough refs. There wasn't enough people. And it's not just the refs to make sure things, you know, people weren't cheating. It was to explain what was going on and where to go and where the objectives. Again, we're talking about confusion stops, per, you know, production. Like you're you, you don't know where to go. Okay, I see this guy over here running. Okay, I can shoot him. Yeah, but there's 40 of us standing right here on my team. We all shoot him, and we all shoot them. Whatever. Like, now what? Like, this yeah. is boring. Okay, so. Yeah. I'll tell you for that from running an ev- events, because I have. Um, yeah. it, that is a big problem. I mean, how do you best get that information to the person? Um, and I've seen a lot of creative I know ways the answer. going about it. I know huh. the answer, but I'm, I know the answer. But I'm going to tell you what, event coordinators aren't going to like the answer, okay? Um, because they want to they want to make the most money. I understand. I understand. I'm not I'm not putting it down. I promise you, I'm not putting it down. Uh, the answer is have a cutoff date, like a week, whatever your whatever your time limit is for the size of your team that can run the event, okay? Mm-hmm. That can prepare. So if you say. Uh, we need if we had 600 people sign up for the event i need x amount of people to run this event and i can only pull those people i can't pull them 2 days before so i i thought i only needed 6 and now i need 12 uh i can't call these other 6 guys in to help 2 days before the event cuz they have other commitments whatever the the answer is cut your ticket sales off a week to 2 weeks before the event or whatever, whatever that time limit is for you, your group to handle whatever influx of players are signing up. Uh, they'll lose sales. I get it. They'll lose sales the first time because people procrastinate and they'll forget about it. 
But the next year, the word's going to spread, and you put enough information out there and release enough videos. Uh, Again, release videos, people, okay? Not text written on your uh, on your websites that looks like a, a page out of the Bible that's so tiny you can't even see what the fuck, okay? Um, have somebody, a PR person, that gets up there and makes a video about your event and explaining all the rules, all right? Uh, the safety brief, all that kind of shit. Uh, I saw the safety brief, um, Gabriel from uh, MK Airsoft. He does, he records his own safety brief for his fields and he has it running on YouTube and uh, where anyone can access, and he also has it running in the field on a TV when people come into the indoor field. He has it on a loop running all time. Right. So you don't need, you know, it's a very uh, broadcasted thing. Uh, this should be something that, that is standardized as well, is the information put out for these events and the ticket sales. You, the answer is you cut it off two weeks before. So now you have time, okay, that's it. The end of sales right there. All right. We have 600 people that signed up. Now we know how to prep for it. Okay. Now there's no excuse for being ill-prepared. And, uh, and now you have enough people out there to host the thing. What I've seen is there's some event, you know, a, a lot of people want to play airsoft now. It's very popular now considering, let's say, or compared to five years ago. Um, it's way more popular than it was. So now there's all these people that find it online and they go, where can we go to play? Oh, there's a, there's a thing, there's an event at a mall and then their friends are talking about it and then 400 people show up, but the event hosts thought there was only going to be like a hundred and they were like, holy fucking shit. Now what I do, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, a good, I think that people, um, you know, and again, it's a tough thing to do. There's so, you know, there's so much going on. Salute to everybody that does it. But, sure. you know, util- utilizing mechanics, too, of things to help you, um, you don't see a lot of that. I think that the fields that could um, really focus more on that, of the player experience, you know, bring in more, um, uh, use more props, use um, uh, some way of integrating sign-ins with getting to know a rule set or something or uh, having some i'm not an expert i just think that doing it the same way ain't gonna get us anywhere right oh no yeah 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 yeah. for sure man well you know i mean you're not an expert but you've you have more experience than most air softers because you've actually hosted events and that takes a lot of work yeah so and a lot of planning you learned like you learned, hey, number one, this ain't for me, and uh, and this takes a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of work and a lot of people involved to kind of help mm-hmm. out, you know. Uh, I think that's me getting called. Oh shit! Yeah, the baby's what? going to bed. Do you have to get off? Um, no, I think she's taking her up. You got it, Mama. You you gonna go put her rocker? Well, let's. Uh, okay. If you need to go help, um, I would say you, uh, we can wrap up. We can wrap up in like five minutes. Yeah, you yeah. Want to go fine. over some stuff? No, yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. We're good. Yeah, I was just I'm, I'm flexible, sure. man. I'm flexible. It's it's fine. You can go. We can pause it. You can go help, and then come back in five minutes, and we'll continue. Or what? What you want to do? 
No, it's good. I think, yeah, we're good. Okay. Cool, man. Just making sure she, mom, mom making it up the stairs with the baby and into the baby room just fine, it seems. So, right. Yeah. She's that's good. good, man. That's yeah. good. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Our first, uh, our first couple of kids, I worked a uh, second shift at, uh, at the factory I was talking about where I learned how to weld and everything. And, um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I would come home. I would leave, you know, two o'clock, work from three to 11, you know, eight hour shift. I'd be home before midnight. And when I came home, of course, you know, you know how it is. Well, your baby now, <clears throat> you know, almost a year, you've known uh, they don't always sleep through the night when they're infants, right? <laughs> so somebody is getting up to take care of this baby. Okay. So, um, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, and, and when I would get home, um, I would help, you know, rock the babies to sleep or whatever. And, uh, and that was, that's just part of it. You know, you just, you just lose some sleep and putting the kids to bed. Yeah. We got really lucky. I mean, Emma was tolerant of all formulas, you know, drank like a champ, you know, she sleeps, she sleeps great and she grew like a weed, you know, she's, you can, my favorite thing is seeing her begin to realize the things around her, Right. learn how to pick things up, learn uh, how, you know, seeing us and seeing things. And it's been, it's been pretty cool to watch that. I mean, that's, there that's is nothing like, there's nothing like that feeling when they're infants. And then when they get to the age where you go to hold them and they see your face, and then mm. they smile, they recognize you and they smile or yeah. you walk in the room and you talk and they look at you or they look your way. You know, they can't really focus on you when they're that little, but um, they hear your voice and they recognize and you go, oh, my God. You know, and they those are some of the best moments, man, of having mm. a kid. And there's some and I know that, you know, it's such a general thing that, um, you know, most parents, you know, most parents experience, but it is, uh, it's, it's special when it happens to you, you know, to you and your wife or, you know, the dad and the mom of the baby are like, that is one of the things, you know, it's like the first thing that you kind of get gooey over, you know, like, Oh man, this is cool. You know, like, Oh, they're looking at me, you know, they recognize my voice. And then when they say dada, you know, they usually say dada yeah. first, by the way. So mm. <laughs> I, I really, my, my favorite thing too is I passed, I had a girl, so I gave her my X chromosome. And so, um, I know for certain that part of my mom, you know, lives on, I lost my mom when I was 12. So oh, my shit. mom is in, you know, a, I haven't seen her in a long time and sorry dude yeah uh, yeah it's it's been hard and but uh yeah i get to say i look at she emma died and, young then yeah she was yeah she or she orphaned we got orphaned and i was 12 she died in 1999 oh yeah. damn yeah okay but uh my, my dad died uh suddenly he was he was 63 i mean it's not that you know that young but uh, I was 20, I was in my twenties. Uh, a tree fell on him in his backyard. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, too tragic. Man, was, uh, yeah. This was, uh, you know, a long time ago, but, um, 
But yeah, he was actually the best man at my wedding, which is weird because he uh, he and I, I got kicked out of my house. When I was 17. So we were not on good terms until mm-hmm. I graduated boot camp from the Marine Corps at Paris Island. And then it was, you know, he was a Navy veteran. And uh, so we were pretty good after that. We still had our arguments here and there, but, you know, just personality conflict stuff, you know, dad and son kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But it was... Uh, he was the best man at my wedding. And then, um, at, well, when that happened, you know, obviously very sudden, uh, kind of unpredictable kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it was a real big event for our family. And, uh, yeah, definitely I understand, you know, when somebody talks about losing a parent. But I will say this, when you lose a parent when you're young, I don't know from personal experience. I only know from my friends that it's happened to when they're a teenager. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's a lot different. It's way more impactful, you know? Yeah. Um, some people, I've met other people that have also been orphaned when they were younger, um, through my experience. And some of us, some people also get the benefit of like having a relative or some, uh, you know, getting into foster care or some other, you know, program to have them, you know, have somebody to take care of them. Um, I I also stayed with relatives myself, and um, oh, your dad wasn't. Oh, um, my dad was then imprisoned for life. Um, oh shit! Yeah, so I lost both parents in one day. It was uh, yeah, oh, kind of crazy. God, so dude. yeah, and uh, my oh, my I'm older sorry, my, my older two siblings are actually yeah. have a different father, so. They, you know, they they still have a living father, um, but me and my younger sister uh, were were full full siblings, and uh, you know, but yeah, and then, but I lived moved in with relatives, and then, uh, okay. but yeah, I mean, it's just different. Uh, I don't really know what it's like to have parents huh. anymore, so it's kind yeah, of yeah, well, especially you know, that was when you were twelve, so you went yeah. through your teenage years with. Uh, Fresh out of that. Holy yeah. shit. What a traumatic thing, man. Okay. Well, um, you know, I had, a, I did have a lot of, you know, positivity in my life from other friends and families. So, mm. um, the, uh, the relatives you went with, were they like aunts, uncles, kind of like close yeah. to, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they were sympathetic and empathetic and it was, you know, to the situation. So it wasn't like a, you know, that's so much yeah. better than if you had to go with some stranger um, mm-hmm. in the system. Yeah. yeah no shit. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, but, oh, I'm crying. Well, yeah, over, we might have uh, to go soon. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up. Go over, um, you know, the, the rest of your like airsoft story, what, whatever, uh, your guys's team is doing now, like where are you guys oh, at yeah. now? What do you guys plan, have planned for this year and uh, any kind of big thing? Yeah. You got the shirt on, you got merch, you got, you got your discord going on. Um, tell it, tell everybody what is going on with obsidian uh, yeah, and so, where they can uh, find you and all that kind of stuff. Well, give you a shake. I mean, I, I just, my teammate or, um, my team is the Immortal Guardians. Uh, shout out to the Immortal Guardians here in Tampa, Florida. We do a lot of uh, events, photography. All of us are really big into the sport. Um, and then, you know, I run the I run the Discord. 
And but uh, I so I run their casual branch. Uh, I'm not big into Milsoms at all. I really yeah. hate wearing a helmet, man. Yeah, fuck it that increases helmet, bro. my I profile. <laughs> so I wear a balaclava and, or like a bandana, and then yeah. I, that's what I do. And um, but so I don't play Milsoms. Um, I've done one, but I don't. I don't really like do them anymore. I I do the casual stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, we go out. Uh, we like to run it. We're all about teamwork. Uh, we got a variety of different play styles we've got the ghillie snipers we've got the cqb people we've got the mid-range we've got the law you know so we're we've got the 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 talent spread out across the board that's what we bring to the table uh every time we come out and play and force um and there we're all i think we're all just a really good group of guys really down to earth uh we got a couple of hotheads but i think that uh you know every team does got their loose cannon you know so, Got um, to, man. That, that, that's I know, the, right? Yeah, that's the spice, every good man. team's. Yeah, spice. every team's got that yeah. little, like that little essence. You don't know what's going for on. Sure. So, uh, um, but yeah, big things coming up for Obsidian this year. Uh, we've got the the field loyalty program coming out. We're going to become. We've got posters showing up at your favorite airsoft fields around the country. Uh, you go in, you scan that poster um, with a QR reader on your phone. Uh, You'll be taken to our website where you'll be able to gain a lotted amount of points um, based on that scan. Yeah. Uh, every time you go, you keep racking them up, and you can redeem those for free for BBs, um, gift cards to the field. Really? Uh, we've got we've got prizes lined up for that. We've got the Chrono. We're giving away Chronos like crazy. We've given oh, away twenty five hundred dollars um, in the last five months. In Damn. chronos and speed loaders, and we give away. We don't. We don't. We give away some guns. We've yeah. given away some guns. We're giving yeah. away the M M sixteen um, on the server this this month for premium members. We've we've got the uh, trifecta of BBs, speed loader, and and Odin or um and uh, chrono. Yeah, uh, we do that every month. We do the the the, the trifecta. Um, and then, but yeah, you're going to be able to go and you're going to be able to scan those, those posters and you were 18 fields have signed up and we've got more coming out. Um, we hope to hit 20 by the time those fields come out, but it's going to happen real soon. Um, I'm expecting between, uh, February 20th and maybe March 5th, depending on mail services and stuff, you'll be able to see those posters up. You'll be able to start scanning to, uh, to, to get points for doing that. So big things coming up with that. Um, you know, changes to the server. We're going to be sponsoring teams after that. We've got three teams lined up right now. Uh, we're going to be uh, sending them gifts every month to uh, help spread the word about the server. Um, we've grown to 1,300 members. Um, it's incredible. Never thought it would what? get this big. People love it. What we do is, you know, you come in, you sign up, um, and you can enjoy everything for almost free. Um, you could become a premium member for some special perks. I really do think that it's a great value at $10 per month, um, yeah. but it really helps out the community build up. But we also, uh, we also fund it because uh, all the teams that come in, you can set up patches, you can set up shirts, you can set up flags on our website, and you can get mm. those ready for your team uh, to go out and play and become more of you know, a feel. Whatever you want, we, we customize it however you want, dog tags. Yeah. Um, I can do a lot of stuff and I'll, I'll try to make, uh, everything is, um, you know, anything that you want, any merchandise you want available, um, all comes with that 100% 30 day money back guarantee that, uh, if you don't like it, you get it. And that quality is not as 
this where I'm wearing. I've washed this hundreds of times already, and yeah. she's still looking vibrant. My colors are still popping. Dude, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't. The Obsidian orders. The Obsidian order doesn't mess with the only quality merchandise over there. Right. So we make that available to teams to to make shirts and um yeah we've got a plethora of stuff already available we come out with a community calendar um fresh from stuff that they post on the on the uh on the server so yeah we've got a lot of stuff going on this year um i've got a great staff shout out to every staff member on this obsidian order they make it what it is um all volunteer every single one of them not only that a lot of them give money um, and support us through premium programs, through um, promotional events that we do across country. Big shout out to those guys. Um, can't do it without Call Sign Joker. Can't do it without Chessire. Um, every one of my moderators, every one of my brokers that has to deal with people buying and selling and trading on the server because we've sold. Uh, I can't even. I can't even put a number on. The amount of money people have made selling and trading on my servers since I started it only a year ago. One person we estimated to have made around $9,000. Jesus. Just just in trades on our server confirmed. We were about to estimate. We don't know because, you know, we don't ask and it's all confidential. But from what, you know, we can see what's going on and, and, you know, buying and selling and trading. He might not have made $9,000, but we saw that right. much interaction between one person on our server. And that's incredible. We can't, you know, there's a, it's becoming the next hop up. Discord. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the new hop up. Discord servers. I'm not saying mine, but Discord's a place to sell your used airsoft equipment. For sure. Discord is, is coming up on, on, on the number one list. You know, Reddit oh, is there too. Good. I um, love it, man. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's what I've heard. I heard that recently, actually. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys are uh, are jamming. Okay. Yeah, we start we kicking it, you know, and uh, <laughs> and it's all about network. Really, it's all about right. trying to trying to bring the bring airsoft community, give everybody a place um, to come and and just you know learn about airsoft through network and resources. So, um, man, I it, have. I really appreciate you being on, dude. We, I, I really love talking with you about these uh, these different ideas about all the you know different standardizations of you know certain things that would help kind of bring the community together, bring uh, new player you know new players that are coming in, you kind of stop the confusion, right? Eliminate mm-hmm. some of this confusion from all these different fields and uh, events or whatever. Uh, I love talking about these kind of ideas with people. Um, you don't mind reoccurring guests. I can come back in a couple months, right? Oh, absolutely! Can, yeah, I love I'll, when I'll, people come back. I'll make on. a, I'll make a me a reoccurring guest because you know that's absolutely. it helps it helps us it, it helps you. So everybody needs to work together, and I think that For that sure. um, you know inclusiveness is killing us a little bit. But um, yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to you and. I have, I think I have to go. Well, you're, We're getting. I'm, get, I'm <laughs> We're getting all, the red You're light. always open, man. I always have that. Uh, you know, I have that event uh, scheduling thing on my site. So you just, you know, get ca- click on the get casted uh, link on our website. This goes for anybody that's going to hear this. Um, if you go to a website trifectairsoft.com and click on the uh, get casted, that is uh, that's where you'll find where you can uh, you know get on here as a guest, and we could talk about these ideas. 
to help bring these communities together and all these different, you know, the Speedsoft stuff and with their tournaments. And you got the, uh, the Milsim stuff with their tournaments or Milsims <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bring all this stuff together. And, uh, yeah, that'd be great, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on, bro. It's been great. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, just come to our Discord. You can always find us on Facebook as well, but uh, you can message me or any one of my uh, Obsidian staff directly on the server. Um, but yeah, That's, uh, come, to, come to the server because Obsidian, Obsidian Order, Order Discord. Yeah, okay. Obsidian Order. Yep, uh, on you can find us through Discovery um, or the many links that are across um, Facebook or just and Google Google us. Google us. It'll take you to our website. Then it'll take you to the Discord. There's no way, you know, you can't find us. We're out there Good. everywhere. And we're, okay. soon we're going to be at your soft field. So, um, <laughs> awesome, you know, dude. We're not, we don't, we'll come to you. Don't worry. We'll eventually find <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. We'll eventually find you and you'll eventually know um, at least what we're all about. So, Dude, I had a great time talking with you. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you again soon. Thank you so much, guys. Absolutely. Have a good night. 